Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of I Just Blank, Now What? I'm your host, Jessica Stevens, and thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me for another Now What? Wednesday, where we share these amazing stories of people who have had life come at them, you know, good or bad, and what they did to figure out and move on from there. So today's one is a good one because we're connecting with my uh, lovely friend Chantal, and she is sharing her I Just Moved Across the Country for Love story. So uh, Chantal and I have been friends for a number of years and uh, we actually really bonded and got close um, right after she started this long distance relationship because, you know, she knew that I had been in one for many, many years with the hubs. And so when she started dating him, I was, I think, one of the first people outside of her close knit of confidants to tell me about this guy and what was going on. And so it's so great to see them actually (laughs) together now. So we're going to jump in. We're going to get Chantel on the line here, and she's going to talk a little bit about what life is like now that she's picked up and moved across the country for them to be together. Before we do, let me tell you a little bit about Chantel. She prides herself on being a lifelong learner. Her professional career has revolved around education, though her favorite lessons have come through following her wanderlust. She is also a leader and an independent business owner with a lifestyle brand, Stella and Dot. Toronto will always feel like home, but she currently resides in Fort McMurray, Alberta with her partner, Chris, and her miniature uh, dash hound, Rosie. So without further ado, let's get to Chantal's story and find out about her now what. Have you ever had something happen in your life that you just were not expecting, good or bad, and said out loud or to yourself, I just got laid off, or I just got engaged, maybe I just started a business, or I just bought a house, or maybe I just got my heart broken, or I just quit my soul-sucking job. Now what? (laughs) Me too, friend, me too. I've had a few actually, and each time it happened, in the moment, I felt like the world around me was collapsing and I didn't know what to do. Eventually, of course, I did figure it out, often the hard way, but I figured it out. And it wasn't until I was sharing some of these stories that I realized they were packed full of great lessons of what to do next, how to move forward, and answer that gut-wrenching and sometimes paralyzing question, now what? So join me as we share some of life's most challenging stories and their transformational lessons on the I Just Blank, Now What? The podcast. Well, hello, hello, Ms. Chantel Wall. How's it going, girlfriends? It's going great. Thanks, Jess. It's so good to see your face because it's actually been like a hot minute since you and I have been in the same room together. I feel that way about most people these days. True. You happen to be on the other side of the country now, but I feel the same way about like a girlfriend of mine who lives one, like 20 minutes away. I'm like, I haven't seen you in a year. Yeah. And I think that's the interesting, I mean, we'll, we'll get into this, but that's the interesting part of moving at this time. Cause people are like, is it so different? I'm like, I wasn't seeing anyone anyways. <laughs> So it was all Zoom for a year. So here we are. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we get started and and sharing your amazing, I just moved across the country for love story. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you and then we'll get into the good stuff. And like forewarning for everybody who's listening today, this episode is going to be 
very much like two girlfriends catching up and sharing all the gossip and like all, all the long distance love things, because this is just going to be a fun episode about like long distance life. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting too, because obviously it's part of your love story as well. And, and something we've really connected yeah. Uh, right. That's, and that's, that was actually kind of like what helped us form our awesome friendship was our, yeah. our long distance love. Yeah. So tell everybody a little bit about you. Yeah. So I'm Chantel <laughs> and I'm sarcastic. I love to have fun. I work in education, important piece to me because I think lifelong learning is incredibly important. My favorite way to learn is through travel and exploration. I have a, a lot of curiosity for life and people. Unfortunately, that has, has been a little bit stifled. <laughs> but still very, very important to me. And uh, I love Sparkle. I, I have a business with a lifestyle brand as well. And that brings me joy and has certainly been a joyful distraction through the pandemic. That's a bit about me, I think. Yeah. And now you are a former long distance lover because you have picked up and moved across the country to be with your love. So that's today's story that we're going to be sharing. And as you mentioned, I have my own long distance relationship story too, which is, you know, epic. Uh, But I remember getting a text message from you or actually a voice note. You left me a voice note and you're like, oh my God, Jazz, do I have a story for you? And you told me about how you met this amazing guy. So why don't you rewind for everybody and share a little bit about the background of this long distance relationship that you started a couple of years ago to get us to this moment where you decided to pick up and move across the country to be together. Yeah. So I grew up in Southwestern Ontario, moved to Toronto about 10 years ago. And I think that's an interesting, important part of the story because I've always felt like Toronto was home. My extended family lived in the GTA. And even as a youngster, like coming in on the gardener, I would like breathe a sigh of relief, right? Like I'd be like, oh, home. And so lived there for 10 or 11 years and, you know, did all the things and, and did all the dating and was tired of all the dating and then went back into all the dating, like all, you know, the story of every, every person, (laughs) you know, like, you know, anyone over the age of 30. Yeah, exactly. Set up on dates, lots of online dating and all of that. And so it's funny to look back now because what happened was I use Instagram for my business. And so I have a public profile and I pay attention to who starts following me. And I will often message those people again, lifestyle, brand, jewelry, things like that. So it's usually women. (laughs) And there was one day that this guy started following me and I was like, weird. Like, this is just some random guy from Alberta. And I remember thinking like, oh, like going to his profile and being like, oh, he's like, he's cute. But like, why is he following me? (laughs) What is this about? And then not really paying attention to it again and not messaging him because I was like, he's not going to buy my jewelry. Yeah. Um, You are not my target market. (laughs) Exactly. And then just sort of like leaving it. And we don't really know when that happened. And Instagram doesn't tell you like that part of the history. So it was a while afterwards, I would say maybe even almost a year, I was traveling in Portugal with my mom and I put up a pole and I was, I love rompers. I wear rompers all the time and, you know, true to like kind of fashion and that kind of thing in terms of my business. I was like, should I buy yet another romper? And the options were romp so hard or spend money on port instead And then I was looking at who had voted in this poll and I was like, weird, isn't that that guy from Alberta? Like, why, 
what is happening? And I thought it was really funny. And I messaged him and I was like, I think it's really weird that a person I like, like the man that I have never met would vote in this pool, but especially that you would vote for the romper. Like, what's that about? And it was especially weird because when I looked at it, I was like, who is this? And I was like, oh, it's that guy. But we had, he had never liked anything for like all those months. We had never exchanged a message. There had never been a comment. And in his response, he kind of made this joke about, you know, it must be just because I'm jealous because Steve Irwin is the only man who can pull one off, right? Or, or something like that. It kind of made me chuckle. And we started kind of texting through Instagram for the rest of my trip. And then I got back to Toronto and he said, you know, would you ever be into having a, a call? And I was like, oh yeah, sure. We can do that. And he video called immediately. And I had like just landed. I had like the, the messy side pony and like glasses and like spot cream and like old t-shirt. I was in bed and he still teases me that like the first thing he ever heard me say live was this is what I really look like. Just so you know. <laughs> and then from there, we literally talked every single day for at least an hour every day. And it just felt really natural. And he was really easy to talk to. And part of that process too, that was strange for me was being like, I, I think this guy's cute. I like, I'm, I like, I have a crush on him, but it was never like really flirty. It was just really good conversation. And I was like, are we friends? Are we like, what is this? (laughs) I think. And I can't remember at some point he did say something a little flirty and I was like, are you flirting with me? And he was, and and I was like, no, no, no. Like, that's good. I just wasn't sure what this. Yeah. Just for clarification, is this flirting? <laughs> I have a crush on you. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I love it. So question, just for like context, have you ever done online dating before? Oh yeah. I've done lots of online dating. Okay. But this was not clearly. A of, not a lot of long-term maybe online dating. Well, that's, I don't know. I don't know how to, but yes, I have done online dating. Okay. So um, did this feel different than those? Yeah those conversations that uh, you would have with those online dating people? Yeah, for sure. Because it was, it was easy and it was instantly like good conversation. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, forced. sometimes you're like, yeah, it wasn't forced and it wasn't like formulaic, you know, like, like intentionally getting to know you. Yeah. Yeah. It was never like that. There was so much ease to it. So much ease. The question that I often get asked usually at this part (laughs) of the, like, how did you and Chris meet story? It's like, so then why did he start following you? (laughs) And we still don't really know. Like when we kind of talked about it, he thinks maybe it was because of Rosie, my adorable miniature dachshund, because he's a big dog guy. But then when I kind of went back and, and started looking at his profile again, once we were actually interacting, it turns out he was in Keycocker, Belize, which is this tiny little island about maybe like two months after I had been there. And so I suspect that in preparing for that trip or something, he started looking at, you know, hashtag he cocker and found some of my posts and then started following me that way. So that's what, that's our best guess, but we don't really know. Love it. Love it. So travel is a big part of your relationship, even before you guys got together. Yeah, absolutely. So I think you know that this about me, you know, I definitely believe that there are no coincidences and and things happen. And I mean, even just a relationship, there is absolutely no reason for us to ever have crossed paths. You know, he's born in BC, living in Alberta. I'm in Ontario. We're very different in so many ways. And yet here were our worlds colliding. 
Cool. Okay. So you guys have started an Instagram flirtation. So now it's time to, to meet for the first time. How, how long into the, (laughs) yeah, this, does that take? So it's really funny because I thought we had been talking for a long time, but I think it's just because our conversations were so long that it felt like longer. So when I looked back and I, cause I asked him if he would ever be interested in visiting Toronto and he was like, sure. And then I found out later that he had mentioned that he did shift work where he had six days off at a time just to kind of like plant the seed. <laughs> He could kind of travel whenever, Um, you know, in my head, I was like, oh yeah, we were talking for ages. It was only like a week after I came back (laughs) from my trip that I asked that question. And he was, and at the time, I guess it was May, end of May. And he said, yeah, absolutely. And then told me he would come to Toronto the end of July. And I remember thinking end of July, that's so long from now. What are you talking about? And here's the interesting piece that was the piece that I almost forgot. And then remembered we were talking about travel being a big thing for both of us. And he had asked me if I'd ever been to Hawaii. And I said, no, this was via text. And he said, Hawaii is one of my favorite places. I've been to a couple of different parts of it. Would you ever go to Hawaii with me? And I was like, yeah, for sure. Like this was just text. So timeline, he was going to come end of July on Canada day. I was having a conversation with a friend and she was like, how's that guy from Instagram? Is that still a thing? Are you talking to him? It's Canada day. And I said, oh yeah, um, we're joking about like maybe going to Hawaii together. I don't know what's going to happen. He's going to come at the end of the month. And then the next morning, that same friend had sent me a message that was a flight deal from Calgary to Kona, like $360 all in return. What? Like, what do I do with this information? (laughs) And then I was like, Chantal, you've been given this information. Just put it out there. You don't have to make any decisions. Just let them know. So I was like, so do you actually want to go to Hawaii together? And he was like, what are you even talking about? (laughs) And uh, I sent him the deal. And then I looked up what it would be from Toronto. And for me, it was only, I think like 620 or something or like 640 all in return, which is also absurd for Hawaii. And we decided to book it. So we actually booked a trip to Hawaii together before we had ever met in person. Damn girl. (laughs) Now I will say we didn't go on the trip till six months later. And we had met many times in between there, but Um, you booked it, but we booked it and people were like, you're nuts. And then also a lot of girlfriends were like, this doesn't seem safe. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, but I'm the creepy one. Like, I'm the one being like, do you want to go to Toronto? I'm the one who's like, do you want to go? He should be worried about me. You know, but I just, I felt really comfortable. Our, our conversations were always on video. So I was never worried. He was a catfish. There was never any incongruencies around the things he talked about, about his life and what he did and all of those things. So I, I felt very comfortable. Very Okay. So he came to Toronto. He came to Toronto for a weekend and yeah, and it was really good. And we hit it off really well. And it, and I was kind of skeptical. I was like, what is this going to be like in person? Cause in person it's different, but it, it absolutely like we had known each other forever. Like in that time he was there, we went out with my friends. They were all like, he's really cool. <laughs> we like him. We like, like him. Yeah. Same thing for me. Like when I, I went to go visit the hubs for a four day, four days in Florida. But the, and that was the first time we had met after we, you know, started talking to each other yeah. and it just felt good, but you definitely need that first like trip to be just a handful of days, not too long, no, not, not, no, not too much pressure, but just enough to give you a taste of like, 
what would like in real life life be like with this person? And I think also, do you have that same chemistry in person? Do you, mm-hmm. like, is there that spark? Is it actually more than just a friendship, right? Yeah. So yeah. And actually I tease him a lot because one of the, the rarely flirty things was, I think I said to him, I'm a little bold. I was like, so when do you think we're going to smooch? Like when you're in Toronto. And he was like, I was thinking maybe like airport pickup. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then he got off the plane and he wouldn't even look at me. And I was, I remember those first like eight minutes walking to the car. I was like, I made a horrible mistake. This man won't even look at me, but he was just so nervous. And then we left the airport and we hadn't even smooched. And I'm like, I don't even know what this is. I thought we were going to smooch. And then in the parking lot, he was like, Oh, we didn't smooch. And I was like, I know you won't even look at me. Like, I "I know I'm nervous. I'm sorry. Oh my God. That's super cute. Okay. So the cross Canada romance build. So he comes here, you go to Alberta, back and forth, back and forth. How many times did you actually do like mini trips before you went off to Hawaii together? I think three. No, it might've been four. He, I think two each. Okay. Two each. Okay, so that's, that, that built up enough, like, you know, yeah. knowledge might, and reputation um, before you I went might, to like a foreign place. Yeah. I might've kept, I might've come out here three times, but one of them was a weekend just for a friend's of his wedding. And, uh, that was a bit of a whirlwind, but I was like, this is a, a, a great opportunity to meet all of his friends. <laughs> so let's just do it. Yeah. Honestly, Chantal, I think we need to change the name of this episode is like, I just met a, a guy on Instagram and we're going Hawaii. Now what? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that would also work. (laughs) That'd be a great title too. Okay. So you go to Hawaii. Is that like declaration of love and now for the two of you? No, that happened before Hawaii. It was actually that wedding weekend. It was so, cause so we used to sometimes like sign things. So the first time I ever told him, I loved, I loved him. I like signed it video chatting, right? Like, and he didn't know what it meant, or maybe I sent him a video and I remember being in the car, going to the wedding and his best friend was also in the car. And he was like, Hey, what was that sign you made in the video? And I'm like, I'm not staying out loud for your friend right now. And then that wedding weekend, he told me that he loved me. I'm like, I actually said it first. Cause that's what that sign means. Um, and for all those listening who can't see Chantel right now, she's talking about sign language, right? Yes. She actually like <laughs> signed the words. I love you. So, yeah. So it seems really fast. I think when you look at like the calendar timeline of it, but the amount of time and conversation and written, like we would write note cards and put them in the mail. Like it was, you know, 1957. (laughs) (laughs) He went a little, a little farther back than I I did there, but I think it's just, he was the person I was talking to the most about everything and all kinds of important conversations, not just about like, how was your day, but like, how did you grow up and how did you become the person that you are? Right. And mm-hmm. all these, like just really in-depth. thoughtful. Yeah. And that's what I loved about our long distance relationship courtship too, is all you can do is talk. Yeah. Right. And so you talk about everything and at, at anything, and there's no conversation that's off limits because asking about how your day was and how the weather is and whatever gets, it gets old really fast. So there's absolutely like no small talk in long distance relationships. You go deep, like, and you go deep fast. So I love that. Cool. So how long have you guys have been together now? About two and a half years, I think. Two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So it was about, I guess, a year before the pandemic. 
And I will say, you know, long distance is difficult. It is. But I think like the tool or the the thing that makes it easier is that you always have the next date in mind, right? Like that next trip, that next seeing each other. Oh, I was absolutely. Not to get emotional. <laughs> I'm get emotional um, here. No, absolutely. I agree with you. Like that's something that we, we would anchor on. It's like, okay, we're doing this, but like, there's a target. Like yeah, we can get so- through anything because there's a target. Yeah. So as, you know, one trip to see each other was like upon us, we'd already have the next one booked. So you like yeah. always knew. And with him doing this, the shift work that he did, it was always, you know, just like three weeks away or like I would take vacation and come here or like whatever. Um, or we both take vacation and go to Eat somewhere. Location. <laughs> and then March, 2020 happened and I was supposed to come out in April. I was supposed to meet his sister for the first time. And we had, he was supposed to come back in May and then everything was canceled. And it was just this huge question mark, right? And I was watching some of my friends be like, oh my gosh, if I have to spend another day in this house with this man. (laughs) And you'd be like, oh, what I would do to be locked in the room with my man right now. I'm going to lose it. (laughs) And for me, it was very like, I have no idea when I'm ever going to see my person again. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know when I'm going to be able to hug him. Weeks, no. months, like, yeah, yeah like, no, no clue. Literally no clue. And that was really, really difficult. So what has happened since then? And like, here's the title of, <laughs> of, of, the, of the podcast. You know, again, everything has felt just so easy. I can remember a really long-term relationship I had a a while back and it fell apart and became very messy. And I remember in those conversations at the end saying to the person, like, it should not be this hard. Like, this is too hard. Like relationships are work. Yeah, absolutely. They shouldn't be like an uphill battle all the time. And everything about this has felt really easy. So What's happened is, you know, I've worked for the same employer for almost a decade, which is a post-secondary institution, but we have a team that supports students across Canada and we have people in my position located across Canada. And so what has happened during this last year is that a position became available on our West team and they typically hire out of Vancouver or Calgary. And I reached out and kind of threw my hat in and was like, what about Fort McMurray? (laughs) And everyone was like, what? What are you, why? (laughs) And I was like, well, a little tidbit about my personal life. Like I have have this person partner out there and you know, this seems like a good and interesting time to (laughs) like, why not? Right. Like if you're willing to let me do it, why not? And and, uh, so I applied and I, they, said yes. And so, um, and that was very whirlwind. Like I had the interview I had on like a Tuesday, I had to tell them by the Friday and I said, yes. And then within two weeks, I was already here. I had packed up my condo of 11 years, sent everything to my parents' basement. And I was just in Alberta. (laughs) So yeah, very whirlwind. Wow. But whirlwind, but definitely the kind of the answer to your prayers, because before this, you were like, I don't know what's going to happen with us. I don't know when I'm going to be able to see you next. Like travel was very limited across the country. And as we start all started doing more remote work, you know, that became 
an idea in so many employers' heads of like, we can hire people from anywhere to take jobs and, and do stuff. So, so that was the blessing part of the pandemic that yeah. kind of opened up this opportunity for you. I think so, because I think if, I mean, I don't know that Fort Mac would have been an option otherwise, but because all, all of our student support is done remotely, it was important to the employer that I physically be in the West. Mm-hmm. And obviously the hope is that things will open up and we can do our work as normal and see students in person eventually again. But for now, you know, I am physically in the West, but it doesn't matter that I'm not in Vancouver or Calgary all the time at the moment. And the, and there is usually a person on this team, which is more of a floater or more supports like California and so on. So that could potentially be more what I do if we go back to normal. But I think it just was obviously the next step. Yeah. It just felt so obvious. Like it was just a given, like, this is what I should do. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. How did he feel about you telling him about this opportunity that now presented itself to you? Like, was he like, book the ticket and get here? We were both excited about the opportunity. I remember him being like, yeah, it's good. I'm like, it's good. Like, (laughs) yeah, I'm excited. But I'm a much more like over the top sort of personality that yeah. we balance each other. Out. So if he's like, if he's like a, a seven, you're like, oh, I'm a like 15. a very expressive person. So yeah. And then, you know, being here has been interesting and different. I've never lived with a partner before. So <laughs> if there's weird. another title, I just moved in with somebody for the first time ever. Now what? <laughs> we have so uh, many titles for you, Chantel. So many firsts for you in this whole like long distance love relationship. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of what I've expected, but then also sometimes not. So, you know, in the in the pandemic also, he got a new position himself. His cross shift left and then he was doing all this overtime hours. He's also writing professional exams. So, you know, getting here and then there are people who are like, it must be so amazing to see each other every day and have so much time together. I'm like, yeah, except we're like, he's always working. Yeah, and super stressed out and kind of not fun to be around all the time. Super stressed out, but it is nice to to see each other every day. Obviously, we're not, you know, with like he's gone for like fourteen hours, fifteen hours when he has shift and so on. But there are things that I think are also really special. We've we've never had an argument, which is exciting, and I'm not really surprised by that. I think by the way that we communicate and so on as well. I'm gonna plug here too. Like we've both done therapy. So we like, we own our shit. No, you know, yeah. We also have a similar lens and and can speak a a similar language around those pieces, right? When we're triggered and all those kinds of things, which I think is important. Um, Listeners can't see, you can see, I'm actually in a little space here that is totally mine, which is lovely. Like I've, I've always on my visits and so on felt incredibly comfortable in his home, but he's also just been really, and I, there's a part of me that's surprised by it just from, I think, past relationships, but like, just really like, I, I was like, oh, you know, if I'm going to go, I need an office of my own and I'm going to have to have this conversation. And when I was like, can I turn one of the rooms in the basement, maybe to an office? He was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you don't need me to convince you of this and <laughs> justify it. And so he was like, no, no, it's, it's all yours, babe. Right. So, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. That's a really good point is like, you moved out there into his space, right? Yeah. So that's a new thing for you is like sharing a space with somebody else that what is totally his and you're kind yeah. of now taking over, some, you know, a corner of his house. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, talk, talk to me about like what that felt like moving into his, his home. I think again, where I was going is like on, you know, when I've come to visit and so on, I've, I've never felt like, don't go there. Don't touch these things. Like it was just, yeah, whatever. But I think also what's important to me is have like my little sanctuary, have my own very, like all of the art here is pretty masculine, for example. Right. But like my office has plants and like has pink things. (laughs) Hearts and pink and like all the love. My big love bot art piece and so on. Yeah. So like, it's really nice. While I feel comfortable everywhere in the house, it's also really nice to have this space that is mine, you know? So yeah. If we go back to the original title of this episode is like, I just moved across the country for love. Now what, (laughs) what would you say are a few things if somebody else were potentially venturing down this path of moving somewhere for love, some things to set them up for success that you've done. And that has really helped you adjust to your new life out with your new love. That's a good question. I think the biggest thing for me, and this is just sort of even just a life piece, not just of this specific (laughs) niche circumstance piece. And it sounds kind of obvious, I think when you say it out loud, but I haven't always embodied it, which is you can remake any decision right? So just because you decide something doesn't mean that you're infinitely committed to it, right? So knowing that I was doing this and and there was this kind of awkward part of the interview where the hiring manager was like, I just want to be clear that this is, you know, a two-year contract in the West, regardless (laughs) else. And I didn't realize until afterwards I was telling Chris, I'm like, oh, she means if we break up, you know, and can I, I mean, you can't guarantee anything in life. Right. So for me, just the, you know, this is the decision that's right for right now. Hopefully it's right for at least the two years, but if it's not, I can make another decision. I don't have to be here. I could move to Calgary on my own or whatever. Vancouver. (laughs) Yeah. Not, not, I'm not hoping for that to happen, but you know, everything is impermanent and you can always make new decisions. And I think holding things lightly and kind of playing along with whatever comes up just opens up so many more doors than you can ever understand to be possible, right? Like I think so often we wear these blinders of like, this is how things are going to be. This is how, this is the next step. But when you hold things more lightly and the blinders fall off, it's like anything could happen, but then anything could happen. Right. So I don't, yeah, that that's kind of one piece for me. I think communication is really important piece and understanding yourself and, and what you need and want and being able to vocalize that is important and having a partner who is receptive to that. I've certainly been in relationships where the partner has not been receptive and then this would never have worked out. But, you know, Chris, even though Chris and I are very different in many ways, you know, we show up for each other again, and just, in just a meaningful, open, honest way. Yeah. Good. And practically what were some of the things like you had to figure out as you moved across the country? The one like sticky point for me, which was at one point I was like, I don't know if this is the right decision because what happens to my condo? And then I was like, Chantelle, you'll just, you'll figure out the, especially with two weeks, right. To figure things out. But I was like, you'll just, that it's fine. You'll just figure it out. So I own my condo in Toronto. I have for a decade with this being a two-year contract, it's a secondment. So the idea is that I'm guaranteed my old position back after the two years. 
So conceivably, I might need to be back in Toronto in two years. So I didn't want to sell. Sell it, yeah. I was like, what do I do? And I'm like, how do you find tenants in like two weeks? What is even going on? But again, like those things like revealed themselves to me or like conversations popped up at the right time. So that was the big sticky piece for me. And what ended up happening is I had a friend who had moved to Houston at one point to finish up grad school and she had used a rental broker. And I was like, oh, tell me more. (laughs) And so now I have someone who is my rental broker in Toronto and he took care of the showings of finding my tenants. We worked together. I ultimately chose from the applicants that he provided me and he basically manages my unit for me. If anything were to come up, they contact him. So I don't have to deal with it, (laughs) which is nice. And now that's taken care of, which is great. And is an an additional income for me now too, which is also nice. But Mm -hmm. that I think was the the piece that I was like, what am I going to do with this? And again, because of the timeframe, I'm like this, I don't know. Do I just leave it empty? Like I have no idea how to deal with this, but it ended up working out well. And the the rental broker is a huge, (laughs) huge lifesaver for me. Yeah. So get help is what you're saying is like, if you need to make decisions and pick up a pick up a move across the country, like get people to help you do certain things. So you're not doing it all yourself. Absolutely. And I probably could have like hired a mover and had them all like bring everything to my parents' house. There were some things going on with my condo in terms of like COVID regulations of like moving and moving out. And again, because of the short time frame, it didn't really work out, but my father was a godsend. Like he would meet me on the highway and I would put an entire car load of stuff into his car and then he'd drive back to like Waterloo and then I drive back to Toronto and I think we did that maybe four or five times meet me at the rest station yeah sweet sweet man but yeah just the logistics of like getting rid of stuff and like packing stuff and all and doing that all on my own because limited visitors in the building and all of that kind of thing Hopefully people listening back to this, we won't be dealing with all of this for too much longer, but all of those pieces were the logistical thing. And then when I got here, it was kind of like, oh, right. And I actually had a week here on, I took the first week as vacation and we did the things like got office furniture, put it together, unpacked, and that worked out really well. Awesome. Okay. So you've been there for a few months now. Yes. About three months three months. And what's your biggest learnings about being physically together in the same space day after day for the last three months? What what have you learned about him that you didn't know before? I don't know if it's so much. What have I learned about him that I didn't know before? It's, I think it's more, what have I learned about myself? Okay, perfect. Okay. Yeah. What what has Chantel learned about Chantel now that she's in? He seems pretty much just like the Chris that I was hoping for, which is great. I think for me, it's sort of it is navigating that say the things that you, you need to say, or ask for what you need, or, you know, and again, he, he makes it easy once I do it, but I still have those moments where I'm like, I'm going to like, what is the justification for this or whatever? I mean, that's maybe a different, a different podcast about my baggage from my past relationships, but you can come back anytime, girl, you can come back anytime. But yeah, I think having had the piece where everything was a question mark, it makes even just like the one hour on those days where he has a day shift, like that much 
more impactful. And I think that is maybe true for a lot of people because of the pandemic in general, right? We're learning to not take our connections, not take our interactions with others that we love for granted. And so that feel that hits different, I think, in a long distance relationship. Uh, And it's been kind of magnified. Also fun now that I'm here, because I think the question before being here is like, well, like, what are we doing? (laughs) Right. And like, yeah, lots of long distance, a lot of long distance people ask that question to each other all the time is like, what are we doing? (laughs) Yeah. And how, and how do we navigate this now? It's kind of more fun because we're in the, in the same place. So it's like, what do we want to dream up? for what comes next, because the thoughts and the feelings aren't about like, when do we meet up next? It's like, okay, what do we do now together next? Right. So yeah, that's an exciting piece too. Yeah. That's definitely a, a different thing for you guys to talk about and think about and put your energy towards. Cause yeah, same thing. When we were in our long distance relationship, it was always about like the next visit, the next trip, the next stage that we have, the next hurdle that we have to clear to, in order to be together. And once we got together, yeah. my situation a little bit different because I'm married to a pilot. So he's often not here and we still live a little bit of a long distance life, but it was, we could shift the focus to, you know, now, now what do we want to do with our life? Um, yeah. moving forward and, and kind of planning out things in, in a different way. Yeah. So love that. Cool. So and now that you're there, you're in Fort Mac, you're working, you know, we're back to school. Mm-hmm. It's working. What, what are you excited about for this new Western phase of your, <laughs> of your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about uh, a couple things. For me, I'm excited to learn this community as things open up. I'm excited to meet new people and make new connections here. I've, I've also been very grateful to his network. So he was working over the August long weekend and some of his, all of the, I think most of his friends are married and a couple of groups of them were going camping and they were like, you should come camping with us. And I was like, oh, but Chris is working. And they're like, you just come, just come with us. And I went and it also happened to be my birthday weekend. And they surprised me with like a little birthday tree and stuff. I was like, what is even happening? So it was lovely to get to know them and build my own relationships with them independent of Chris Mm -hmm. as well, which, which is really nice. I'm hoping that we can go on more adventures too. His family is in BC. So his sister that I mentioned, hopefully I can meet her. (laughs) We, we talk. Now that you're in at least a closer time zone. Yeah. (laughs) We, we chat on WhatsApp and we have video calls. So the next step will also, you know, I'm excited to meet her and I'm just, yeah. Like we talk about next summer here. Cause I'm still going to be here next summer. And like, what will we do with the yard? And like, maybe we'll buy a camper. And so it's just, it's nice. It's nice to feel normal. I think, you know, like, I don't know. I don't like the word normal, but I think that kind hey, of- in, a, in a long distance relationship, normal, normal is like a gift. You're like, yeah. this, we're sitting on the couch watching TV. This feels so normal, but magical for us too, because this is not something that we've ever been able to do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So anything else you want to share with us in terms of like this epic story of, you know, picking up and moving across the country for love and what you're, what you're excited about or, you know, caution, any words of wisdom or warning for others who may be considering this? Uh, yeah. What are your final words about this amazing story of yours? I would say one of the big things for me is when the, when the pandemic hit, Chris was like, you should just come to Alberta, like multiple times he said this to me. And ultimately I had some fear around that for, 
about the relationship pieces of it, but then also like leaving everything behind. I have, you know, senior parents and so on back in Ontario too. So there were aspects of that. And then I remember thinking about it and a message popping up in my newsfeed. It was a quote, it's a Nelson Mandela quote, and it's make your choices from a place of hope and not fear. And when I read that, I instantly knew like what actually matters and what do I actually want? And the rest of it fell away. Right. And then it became figuring out how do we, how do we make it work? Because if I'm hoping instead of fearing, then it's obvious what the next step is and it's obvious what to work towards. Right. So I think that would be it. You know, when you're in those places where you don't know how to make a decision or, you know, if it's worth it to be in a long distance relationship, really look at what you're hoping for and, and listen to that piece of your heart and what is the hope. So. I love that. And there's the relationship with you and Chris, but then there's also the relationship that you've, you've had and built with all of these amazing people back home, which, you know, you didn't see as a loss, but just as a temporary pause and in your, in real life relationships. But as we have all learned during the pandemic, like people can live down the street and you're not seeing them anyways. So what's, what's the plane plane right away now might give them a really good reason to come and visit. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Oh my gosh, Chantal, this was so much fun because I always love connecting with you. You are definitely like off the charts, uh, which is what, (laughs) which is what I love. I love that we share this, you know, long distance relationship thing that most people don't really understand, but we've always been able to like text each other and share a story and you know, instantly the other one can relate to being like, Oh, I hear you girl. I hear you. (laughs) So I love that. I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think I told you about Chris before we met. And that was like one of the first times we had met in person for coffee and chatted. And I think you, even though we hadn't interacted that much at that point, I, I literally think you were the first person I messaged when he booked the trip to come see me. Yeah, I remember getting that. <laughs> voice I think those her. are those voice he's, notes we're talking he's about. coming. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember just giving you really words of encouragement to be like, just, just go with it. Like, just trust it. It's, it's all going to work out. You know, this sounds like he is the guy who could just turn everything around for you. And I'm so happy to, you know, fast forward and have you here and see that, you know, like, yeah, it all, it all worked out. And here I am across the country. And I think that also speaks to that last, but I was saying about hope versus fear. So many other people in my life who had not experienced long distance relationships were like, I don't know, is he who he says he is? This is going to be difficult. And you were on that hope train of like, no, you can make it work if you want to. Yeah. I joke to tell people like, have you ever been in a long distance relationship? And if they, if they say no, I'm like, don't do it. <laughs> I like, that's the joke that I, I tell people, but deep down, I really love when I hear two people from far away connecting as serendipitously as the two of you connected and just, yeah, you're right. Like there was absolutely no reason why you, you two should have been connected and here you are and set you, you set your life on a whole different adventure. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to watch what unfolds as you become a resident of Fort Mac out West and and learning about that community and culture and all the people you're going to meet and the friendships and the lives you're going to touch. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing your story and inspiring a few other people to either a, you know, go for that long distance relationship or keep talking to that creepy person on Instagram. If they're unsure of like, what 
that was the difference. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He wasn't creepy. Maybe you were the creepy. Well, you said you were the creepy one. I was the creepy one. Yeah. So yeah, like just, just keep, keep talking, keep going. See if this turns out into some weekend adventures and a trip to Hawaii and, and everything else in between and picking up your whole life, packing it and then moving across the country. So if this episode spoke to your wonderlust hearts and the idea that there is absolutely somebody out there for everyone you just haven't met them yet or they haven't met you yet just know like if Chantelle can meet a random stranger on Instagram because of a dog post and a romper <laughs> and I can meet you know this stranger because he showed up at my grandfather's 90th birthday party great place to pick up by the way there's somebody out there for you All right, girl. Thank you so much for joining me today. It was so good just to chat. Honestly, I felt like this was just like you and me talking and now we've just invited everybody else to listen (laughs) to our conversation. I love all of the updates. So have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do how to move forward and help you answer now what see you on the next episode